This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Let's just lift our hands and thank the Lord for what He's done. Oh Lord, You do amazing things. You're wonderful and You're faithful. Oh, thanks, dude. Thank you. You're wonderful and faithful and we love You. And we need You again today. And We know You're here. We know You're right here. So we worship You right now. Lord, we come to you with thanksgiving. Let's just thank him. Let's just, what, a, what a Rolodex in our hearts just from this week that we can lean on. Lord, just start thanking him. Lord, thanks for your mercy, for quickening our hearts, for these miracles last night, for all those saved last night, for the fire of God, for, for the cross and the blood of Jesus, for the power of your word. Lord, for everyone here, for family, for, for uh, Pastor Randy and Miss Lucy, and just everyone, Lord, thanks for, thanks for being with us forever. We love you. We're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let's give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Oh wow! I like this stool thing. It uh, I, it was weird last night. I felt like an old tent meeting, didn't it? Sitting on a stool, ministering to the sick. But the miracles happened so easily, didn't they? How many of you know trying harder doesn't necessarily bring miracles? In fact, it works. The it has an opposite effect. So, uh, Pastor, what time are we need to be done? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. So. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I always say, let's thank the Lord and then praise Him. So that's not a, um, that is not some religious thing we grew up with. It can be. I think all of us who grew up in church or in Pentecost per se, all had this measure of stuff we did that seemed to be hollow and becomes redundant. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, the best way to become inoculated to something is just to have a little bit of it. Isn't that true? So they tell you, if you don't want the flu, just go get a little flu in your system. Uh, go get, and I'm not against whatever. I don't necessarily do that. But the point is, is you, can get, you, you can become dead to something by just having enough to keep you comfortable. Are you with me? There's just such a, and then you start actually finishing each other's sentences. That's when you know something's going on. That's when you know like religion's setting in at times. Like I know what this dude's going to say if I ask him this question. That 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 repetition can kill you. It can it can become this. It starts with God, and then you get used to God, and then you 
find a comfort zone in God and then all of a sudden your heart grows cold and the presence of Jesus is miles away. So as of late, I'd say in the last month, the Lord actually started with, uh, your daddy was the second to come to me and I, I, I took it at the wor- as the word of the Lord, Kelly. First, uh, Bethel Redding asked me and some of their advanced ministry training groups to begin articulating how to minister to the Lord, how to be in the presence of the Lord. And for someone who's grown up in it, that's kind of like telling a golfer, teach me how to visualize a shot and hit it under pressure. I mean, it's really hard. You know, teach me how to drink water. Teach me how to feel the wind. Teach me how to enjoy something. Putting language to things that are heart issues, that are spiritual, it's a challenge. But I sense the Lord almost, uh, command is a very strong word, but inviting me and instructing me to put language to things that seem to be difficult to articulate. And so then Brother Copeland came to me a couple weeks ago. I was there in his office after he rebuked a full-blown tornado storm on the runway, which, which I got to talk about. Did I tell you all that? I'm sitting at his desk, and uh, the phone rang on, the, on his desk. He said, who in the world would be calling me right now? And he picked up, and it was your mama's sweet voice. She said, Ken, hail's coming. They're saying tornadoes are about to hit. Be careful down there. Well, <laughs> since we are best friends now, I thought I knew him really well. And uh, he jumped office chair and I was just sitting back relaxing he ran through that door in his office like like a, I told Chris have you ever watched football practice when they're doing tackling drills with the big dummies or the pads he blew the door open I didn't know he was that fast how old is he 82 81 he, he tore through that door and I'm still sitting there he goes well come on and I'm like what are we doing? Like, what are we doing, you know? Theo B will tell you, like, my demeanor, I'm a pretty relaxed guy. You know, like, it takes the anointing to get me riled up. Next thing I know, I'm still inside, and he's outside. And he jumps in the air with his finger pointed at the storm. Like a holy rocket. Like, And he said, you, you devil, you're not doing any tornadoes here and Michael get out here so I'm out there I just came to receive you know I didn't come I didn't I was thinking how did I what's going on right now I did not come I didn't sign up to rebuke any Texan tornadoes and it was freaking me out I saw this cloud coming I was like whoa it's coming he's like it didn't come so he jumps out there and so I'm just out there doing like like I've tried to rebuke a few storms I'm just being honest with you but I haven't really had the need to do it very often. So I guess being in Texas, and you got to do it a little more often. I tried to rebuke, rebuke Hurricane Irma, but it didn't work. So I felt a little, just was a little discouraged, I guess. I tried to rebuke it, and it hit our house. So <laughs> I know. I needed some practice, yeah. 
But by the way, we had three feet of moving water in my street. Not one drop of water came, came into my house. Not one. Not one drop. Which is a miracle. Our neighborhood looked like a war zone. So he, Brother Copeland's out there. He's like, just owning this storm. I mean, dominating this thing. And so I'm just like, doing what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess, I guess I was like lacking some like authority or fire, which I admit, clearly, it was new ground for me. He goes, well, come on, let's go. And I'm like, ah, just screaming at it with him. I didn't know what to say, so I just yelled. <laughs> Threw the name of Jesus in there a few times and, and went back in. And, I, and, and he goes, I'll be back. And he, we went back in. After Jenny brought me a block of feta cheese, and uh, he, he, Brother Goldman said, "Well, all, they're all coming down here bringing you food. They didn't bring me any food. <laughs> they must really love you." So he he walked back in, and we he got right back into the Word. We were studying Hebrews, and that's where I'm going to take you to today. And um, man, I looked out, and that rain stopped within five minutes. I'm not playing. This was not like a spring shower. The clouds were so low, they were nasty, and it was rolling in, and that thing cleared. Well, 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 I had to tell him it cleared, because to him it was like, it was done, so he's like, let's get back into our Bible study. Well, the whole time, I'm just being honest, I'm reading, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm listening, but I'm also like, looking out the window, you know, like, he's like, right, Michael? Yes, sir, yes, sir, you know, over there. Finally, I said, Brother Copeland, that storm's gone. He said, well, of course it's gone. I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he said, then, then, then he just leaned, he said, son, this is what I love about him. He said, I, I want you to start teaching on how to praise and worship the Lord. Because I'm hungry for it. He said, would you do that? Would you start teaching people and then send me your teachings? I thought, my Lord, I want to be like that one day. I want to be so hungry. He said, you're looking at the hungriest man for Jesus on planet Earth. So when I, I, I've, I have tried to be, and we're just talking family here because I do feel like this is family. Pastor Randy, Lucy, I love you guys. Thank you so much. This church, you're wonderful. I love all of you. Everyone here in the front row, you're, you're wonderful. I love all of you. And so I'm privileged to be here. I want you to know that. And I want to thank you for opening. Thank you for opening the ha- this house to us. And thanks for just welcoming what God's given us and letting us be ourselves because it's really rare and I'm very thankful. Can we just thank them? Just thank them for their heart. Yeah. Thank you. So, when two movements like that, Bethel and Brother Copeland, when they request something, I hear that that's the word of the Lord. And so I've, I've tried to be more committed, and also now our relationship with Upper Room that's really been for six years, but now God seem, seem, seeming just to want to manifest it in public. And then Pastor Benny coming and teaching on ministering to the Lord. That was, that was heaven speaking. And I've, I've been running with him since 1989. I have never heard him so quickly and intentionally 
with the exception of him preaching the gospel at the Crusades, him just coming in and saying, this is what life is about, right here. And, and when someone who's impacted the world for generations tells you it's not about ministering for the Lord, it's about ministering to the Lord, we need to listen. We should listen. So in that context, as of late, I have felt the necessity, and I feel like this is a word for this house. So this is an evangelist Michael talking. This is just family trying to leave you with something to hold on to. Coming to Jesus will forever require thanksgiving and praise. Regardless of how spiritual we feel or unspiritual we feel. To you worship leaders, to those of you with a prophetic unction, to those of you who steward culture, there will be times where you don't feel like thanking God. That does not change the eternal pathway to the throne. It will forever require step one, thanking Him. We enter His gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We then enter His courts with praise. Praise and thanksgiving do not bow to what we feel like in the moment. And I, I'm learning that. I'm learning that in the miracle realm. And I'm learning it with corporate stewardship of His glory. Now, maybe you're asking, why is this important? Anything done outside of the presence of God will become an idol to you. Jesus' image could become an idol to me. Even though it's named after the Lord, the movement itself could become an idol. Which means Pastor Randy and I were talking about this. I'm just going to be really open. I'm totally open to laying the whole thing down. Just giving it, you know. I told the Lord last year, I'm not sure I can keep believing for this kind of money. I'm not sure I can take the just the travel and believe in God for the events and all that goes into it because it starts to sit on you like six months out. And as a growing ministry, our team is now growing to the place where it can finally bear some of the weight. But the last 10 years, most of it's been on Jesse and I. And so you're having this influence and then I'm talking to the Lord and I said, uh, I'm not sure. And the Lord said, I said, I'm not sure I can do this every year. He said, who said you had to? Who said you had to do it every year? Just do it when I tell you to do it. So we create these rhythms, these paces, these machines, and these machines drive us into the ground. And we think we're doing it for the Lord. The Lord only receives what He does Himself. Isn't that wild? You say, well, what about me? Well, you're dead. You say, don't I bring something to the table? Yeah, you just bring you. The flesh wants to generate. The spirit always invites us to join. It's a big difference. The spirit says, join me. The flesh says, generate me. You can't generate God. <laughs> you can't create the Lord. Isn't that Sunday School 101? He made you. So, the reason 
praise is so important in Thanksgiving because it, it gives you access to the presence and only in the presence is what he's given you safe. Anything detached from his presence becomes an idol and will turn on you and become your enemy. Hold on, listen. Even good stuff. It's really easy to give Jesus your sin. Well, I shouldn't say it really easy. It's easier to give him the stuff that's horrible. Your bondage. We all want that gone. The chains, the, the pressure, the, you know, the perversion. All this, you just want it. Ugh, it makes me feel bad. I feel the guilt. But then, all of a sudden, the Lord goes, here, I'm going to give you something. And the Lord gives that to you. He watches and waits for you to steward it. It bears fruit. And the Lord goes, now I need it back so I can prune it. So, a deeper test is giving God what God has already given you. That's Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was a miracle. I said Isaac was a miracle. Giving God your miracle, that's tough. But God knew that he would begin to love Isaac at some point more than him. And God would not have it. Because the covenant to Abraham was this. I, 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 Abraham, me, the actual me, am your exceeding and great reward. Not Israel, not Isaac, me, me the person, I am the reward. And so that's what I sense happening in me. I had no plans on sharing this publicly, but I feel this is of the Spirit. I, I sense that happening to me. My schedule, I've probably been gone. I don't, and this isn't, I'm not saying every bit of it's been the Lord. There's probably a good chance that as a team we weren't intentional and as a family and we're learning. Probably 50 out of the last 60 days, I, I would have been gone. My heart right now is, you know, I'm, I just want to go be with the Lord. You know, so bad. And it's awesome as all of those miracles are. There's something in your heart that wants to go fly away. And that's what the psalmist wrote. If I were a bird, I'd fly away. And I was reading Steve Hill's journal. His wife let me read it. Before Brownsville broke. And every page was, these are awesome, great meetings. But I just want to go be with you. I just want to go be with you. And that, that's the safe place where, you know, how many of you know he doesn't call you by your office name when you're in the secret place? He just calls you your name. He's not, he's just like, my, he's never called me, whatever. I don't even know what I am, by the way. So I'm just trying to let God determine that. Michael's just fine. That's what he calls me in heaven. And there, you're just with him. It's just you and him. And so my heart right now is like, I want to get through May. I just want to get through May. And come June, I'm home free. And then I'm June, July, and August. I've got like one trip. And if a stadium called me to preach it, I'm, I, I have no desire to go. I want to be with the Lord and my family. You know, I, want, I want the Lord to recalibrate my heart. You know, the prophet said, this place, this place has become too narrow for us. Let us go on to the Jordan. 
That's what I'm sensing in my spirit. That God's saying, give back to me what I've given you. I can't prune it if it's not in my hand. Are you hearing me? God doesn't prune that stuff that doesn't bear fruit. He prunes that which does. But He can't prune it if you don't give it. And if you don't prune it, it'll die on the vine. Just, and then the world comes in and it becomes this. And the foxes come by and they nibble on a little bit and contaminate it. And then you just become an organization. You become an organization that has to feed itself. It's this big monster. But the glory's gone. The glory's gone. That kiss, that intangible that got you there is at stake. I mean, is this too crazy? I think this is a public sozo for me. But all of you have these things. All of you have things God gave you. God has every right to ask for them back. I'm not talking about gifts, but those should be on the altar too. I know the gifts and callings are without repentance. I get that. But it's all His. How many of you know they're called the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not the gifts of Jeff, John, and Chris? They're not our gifts. They're His gifts. So, the presence of Jesus protects the revelation He gives us via the Scriptures. It's His, it's his presence that encases that revelation, feeds the revelation, and it, it protects it. For instance, healing. Did I preach a message on healing last night? Did I preach a message on healing? Is it legal to preach a message on healing? Did God heal the sick during healing class with Pastor Randy? Was that a holy bomb that God put together? That faith and the power and presence coming together. And that's why we could have gone all night just taking healing testimonies, couldn't we? All night long. And weren't they amazing? How about the girl whose tongue got loose? Wasn't that wonderful? Just amazing stuff. But here's the deal. If I leave the presence, I will make healing the idol. Anytime I take the scalpel to truth and separate truths from truth with a capital T, Jesus himself, those truths become idols in my life. It can be prosperity. We've all seen it. It can be faith. We've all seen it. What I love about Brother Copeland is this. He has faith in Jesus. Other people I've met have faith in faith big difference man it makes all the difference in the world some people tithe to their church others tithe to the Lord he's like dude this is so simple well that's why it's deep so creating a culture of presence is absolutely vital on every front So take your Bibles, turn to Genesis 1, uh, verse 9. This is amazing. I, I, Pastor, I'll try to make fun of your kids in a moment. <laughs> Thanks for letting me. That make, you're a great father. I just think that's awesome. Where's John? Just so I can have him in... That's why he's hiding. Little Juanito. Turn to Genesis 1, verse 9. 
Do you love the Word of God? Yeah, you do. Now, say this. Say, my Bible reveals Jesus. Okay. Genesis 1-9, Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together. Underline, gathered together. Into one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 10, And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. What's Noah's Ark about? Say Jesus. Okay. You're like, that Noah's Ark is about... Huh. <laughs> Building a boat. It's about rain. No, no, it's about Jesus. According to Jesus. Jesus said the scriptures speak of... He said they speak of me. So when the author tells you what it's about, you listen. The moment he spoke that, that changed the game. That means that from Genesis to Revelation, it has become the holy garden of Eden. He walks through every single verse wanting to hold hands with us like he did with Adam, yearning for intimacy when we crack the book open. This is not a conglomerate of spiritual truths that we pull levers on trying to get stuff. Okay, this is a revelation, the revelation of Jesus. In Genesis 1 here, you see that God gathered the waters first in verse 9. Then land appeared. First he gathered the waters, then land appeared. What do the waters speak of in the scripture? Three things, write this down. Number one, the presence of the Spirit. Not These aren't in any particular order of importance, but this is number one, the presence of the Spirit. Latter rain, former rain, rivers of living water, springs gushing forth. David said, deep calleth unto what? Deep as waves billowing. So, the waters speak of number one, the Holy Spirit. Number two, the washing of the Word of God. Number three, the spirit of man. That's why David said, deep calleth unto deep. Your deep, your spirit, is somehow calling my spirit. How many of you have felt that? How many of you feel that in the morning? So hopefully every morning. You, say, you wake up in the morning and you say, I feel like I need to be with the Lord. And you're not. And then your wife goes, uh, after having to deal with you for like four hours, she goes, you need to go be with the Lord. <laughs> Say, you know what I'm talking about? I know that never happens to you guys. You're just glorified cherubs 24-7. Okay, for me, let me just, for me, if I'm not with Jesus, not a good version of Michael. That deep, that calling is this, spirit unto Spirit. That's why when we pray in the Spirit, we connect with the Holy Spirit. So Paul wrote, He who is joined to the Lord 
is one spirit with the Lord. Our spirit and the Holy Spirit have become one. Now check this out. Way more one than any two things you have ever seen become one. More one than you and your spouse. More one than the fibers in your shirt. More, hear me, more one than two glasses of water being poured into the same glass, into the third glass. More one than those two waters have become. You are married to Jesus. That's amazing. Okay. But here the scripture says in verse 9 that before dry land appeared, God had to gather the waters. And that's what praise and thanksgiving does. Listen, when you're in a corporate setting or even, in, even alone with the Lord, if you're in a corporate setting, here we've got a few hundred people whose waters are scattered. I'm just trying to teach here and hopefully the Holy Spirit will leave you with something so that we can rebuild the house of David by the Spirit. So the Lord will rebuild it. The tent of David, the tabernacle of David where free worship is flowing, transcends covenants, it just bangs straight at the Lord. We have to learn these things. So in every individual heart, there are scattered waters. Some of you are thinking of your bills. Some of you are thinking of the person next to you. They didn't put deodorant on. So, some, some of you... Some of you are jealous of their purse. Some of you love Jesus. Some of you don't know why you're here. Some of you like me. Some of you don't like me. Some of you are worried about this and that. What are you going to do tomorrow? Do I have a job next month? So the waters are scattered. Praise and thanksgiving brings all of those waters into one pool. And praise and thanksgiving, listen to what it does. It calms, hear me, the troubled waters. So Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. What does troubled mean? Have you ever seen troubled water? I'm a fisherman. I look for troubled water. If I find troubled water, I know there's fish down there. I know there's activity. I know there's activity. Troubled waters move a lot. Praise and thanksgiving calms them. That's why Jesus calmed the storm and the waters were made still. Praise and thanksgiving takes this thought over here. It takes this water over here. It takes this concern over here. It takes this fear over here. And all of a sudden the Lord gathers it and brings a calm. He brings it all together. Some of our critics say you need four hours of singing to heal the sick. It's interesting to receive that feedback from people who've never healed the sick, who've never even tried. And we don't heal the sick anyways. I heard Jensen Franklin say, I'd rather be a, a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. I'm not taking advice for you if you've never tried it. Never tried it, bless you, but just try it first and then you can tell us how to do it. We don't worship Jesus to get people healed. They're missing it. We worship Jesus because he's Jesus. <laughs> of course they could get healed right off the bat. We want to go to him before he starts doing this stuff so that he knows we love him more than this stuff. You listening? Well, praise and worship takes all that water and it goes like this. 
Then God goes, ah, I know what I'll do. I'm going to let land burst out of that water right now. And land comes up. And now you've got something to stand on. See, your authority depends on the presence of Jesus. That's the only reason you have it. You know it's not your authority. I know you'd love to believe. It's my authority. No, it's His in you. You don't believe me? So here's what, I want, uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your sickness and tell it to leave in the name of your Aunt Regina. <laughs> tell it to leave in the name of Gabriel or Michael or Daniel or Ezekiel. It's not going. The authority comes from him. And the moment he breathed into the church, into those disciples and said, receive the spirit, that's his presence. The moment he said that, he said, now you've got some authority. And the church was birthed. Before that, everything they did two by two was strictly because they didn't know this. It was actually his anointing that he was pulling on like puppet strings while he was alone. They're all going, we're doing all this. He's going, no, you're really not. <laughs> so they're functioning under that flow. But when the presence of the Spirit comes and hearts and thoughts and, 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 and affection is gathered, land, land appears and you go, Poof, and you declare the word of the Lord from that place. And that's, that's a miracle dimension that is safe. It's a miracle dimension that can't be prostituted because it loves Jesus more than what he's doing. And that's what the Shulamite meant when she said, your love is better than wine. Wine's great. The stuff he does is awesome. The move of the Spirit is wonderful. But let's love the Spirit more than the stuff he's doing. So, give me one more minute. Praise and thanksgiving. I feel this for the Lord, from the Lord, prophetically for this house. That it would become a relentless, we will not change the channel, no matter what we feel like or what we are facing. We are walking into this house as a culture of thankful people. And we are going to articulate that thanksgiving. And it's literally going to come out of our mouths, whether we feel glory on it or not. We're doing it. And as we do that, we'll enter a place of praise that is birthed from that Thanksgiving. We go, oh my God, he did all that. I'm so thankful. And then praise erupts based on his nature. And that praise begins to change, change how I felt when I walked in. And the Lord is exalted now at the dwelling place. He's exalted at such a high level and enthroned on those praises without us knowing. Imagine those praises actually become the throne of the Lord in our midst. And anything that's not the Lord, the Lord goes, I'm going to have to crush that one. And that sickness. And that sickness. And that sickness. And as we begin to do that, as we begin to see Him as He is, see Him rightly. That's why the Bible says, rightly do they love you. That means two things. Nothing's more right than worshiping the Lord. <laughs> you can't go wrong. It's right. Number two, there is a right way to do it. 
And I'm giving that to you. As that praise brings me near, his presence becomes tangible. I sense him. I sense him. And as I sense him, I see him for who he is. And worship begins to pour out of me by the Spirit. And I become God's vessel to lavish love on the Son of God. It's in that place. Listen. It's in that place that the Jesus people are born. Because it's in that place where the Holy Spirit goes. I quickened you. You were thankful. That was a lot of you. You stayed with me. I partnered with you in praise. You cooperated well. Now you've seen me rightly. And this is all by the Spirit here. This is not cooperation. This is feasting. This is all Him. And then He begins to fill me with Himself and I become the message. Those are people that are not for sale. Those are people who work miracles so easily. Those are people who love Jesus because He's amazing. Father, I pray that for every leader here, every leader at the dwelling place, every leader represented, every, every person, every, every, everyone, that the pathway to the throne would become clear as day. That the pathway to your presence, that this house would become a, and a dwelling place. And that you'd raise up a priesthood here, a true priesthood that would minister unto the Lord, that would minister unto you. And that we'd be the, yeah, that this house would be the most thankful house in America. You know what I see y'all doing? Like actually writing down what you're thankful for. Writing it down, and then like these one sentence statements of praise of who God is becoming like an anthem like a a piece of the culture that's ever before us just lift your hands to heaven Lord we love you we're grateful for all you've done we just welcome you Holy Spirit in Jesus name To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.